yeah. It's a brand new day, people. It's a brand new episode of Three Things with JR. Welcome back. It's another week, and we are doing another episode. And it's a little weird for me to record this episode right now because it's not the time I normally record Three Things with JR. I had gotten into sort of a weekly rhythm of recording this show every Monday evening, kind of late in the evening. And with the thing I do where I call people out of the blue on Facebook to put them on my podcast, not everybody I know is available after, say, 8 or 9 p.m. on a Monday night to uh, chit-chat with me and be on a podcast. So I am recording this on Sunday afternoon. It's like four o'clock right now, and the light is the sunshine is is happening. Uh, I'm not used to that. This is definitely different, but arguably better because I have more opportunity to talk with more people. And t- today's special guest on Three Things with Jr. is my cousin Brandon Hughes. He lives in Florida with his wife, his two kids, uh, and. He, when he was a child, uh, he spent a lot of time at my house. Uh, his mom lived with us for a little while. He stayed there, uh, and it, when he he was a he was one of those kids who was like had more energy than he knew what to do with. Uh, he was always uh, going at one hundred and ten percent, doing whatever it was he was doing. He was very physical, very fun, uh, and uh, he was a neat kid. Uh, Brandon was, and he went into the military. He was in the uh, the Marines, uh, and he now works for UPS. Like I said, he's got a wife and two kids, and uh, and they just uh, he just recently bought a motorcycle. About uh, not even a year ago, back in October 2020, he purchased a Harley, and has been riding the heck out of it, enjoying the heck out of it, and uh, all the way up until he crashed it about a month and a half ago. And I, uh, when I started doing these uh, things where I call people to put them on my podcast, he was literally the first person I tried to call, and uh, he wasn't available. He didn't answer, and I've been trying to get him on the show ever since, and finally the timing worked out, mainly because he's sitting in a recliner. He can't walk or move or do anything. His leg is badly broken. It's been fixed. He's going to have physical therapy. It's going to be another eight weeks before he can put any weight on it, so he's... He's kind of stuck in his recliner, uh, surrounded by his family and friends. So uh, the, we sort of pinned him down, and uh, and he was happy to do it. I was happy to talk to him. We talk, we talk a lot about motorcycle crashes in this episode, uh, and uh, what it uh, what it uh, what it's like to go through one, and of course the aftermath of being in a motorcycle accident and its effect on those around you. So that is kind of the crux of my interview, my chat with Brandon Hughes. That's coming up here in a few minutes. A couple other stuff I wanted to mention. I was looking through the stats on the show, and I noticed a new country we can add to the list. Three Things with JR gets even bigger and more worldwide. We now have at least one person in New Zealand has listened to this show recently, and that's new. Uh, it used to just be 
uh, there was a ton of other countries, and I can't explain why anybody in Singapore or India or France or Portugal or Lithuania is listening to Three Things with JR. I don't know anybody in those countries that I know of, but there's people there listening to this show, and now someone in New Zealand. We have a Kiwi in the ranks, everybody, and I just think that's cool as shit that we are growing worldwide as small as this audience is this is not a major podcast i don't have major advertisers because there's not a ton of people listening it's mostly people that know me except for these random people in these random other countries that seem to be finding the show and i think that's super cool that i can see how many countries we are we are having listeners in so welcome to the fold new zealand so glad to have you uh, last week's episode uh, did really well. Uh, it's one of the most listened to episodes of recent memory, uh, which is weird. I wasn't expecting that. I was thinking when I had uh, very much a local celebrity on the show, when I spoke with Ray Cadell of Ray Cadell and the Cool Cats, I thought this is my ticket. This is going to get a lot of people listening. And uh, that didn't really happen. Uh, and then I've had a bunch of different people on. And it seems I really think it's just a, a summer lull in how many people are listening to podcasts right now. And then uh, I wasn't sure who to put on last week. And so I I just threw it out on Facebook. Hey, if you want to be on my podcast, call me right now. And Kent Morris did. I, and he's a disc golf friend, so I posted that all over disc golf uh, local Facebook pages. And, uh, yeah, a whole bunch of people listened last week. How cool is that? And uh, so there's that. Also in the title was the uh, HYCYBH, which was a reference to a video. And uh, if you haven't watched that video it's in the show notes for last week's episode with kent morris and uh it's uh so you have your warning now it's a fantastic little song it was on tiktok it's by a guy named tom cardi and the h-y-c-y-b-h uh, I'm, I'm still not going to tell you what that stands for you need to go find that uh search for it on youtube or go to my webpage or my uh, face uh, my uh podcast webpage uh, there'll be a link to it on facebook uh and read the show notes and go watch the video because it's amazing all right uh coming up in a few minutes we're going to be talking to brandon hughes but first i want to give you three things that are on my mind right now thing number one i'm really glad that the statues uh honoring confederate generals and soldiers and such are finally down here in charlottesville uh i understand the concern that many have that we are erasing history and we can't erase history. We can't do that. We can't let that happen. We cannot not teach about these things, right? The General Lee and all the other Confederate generals, uh, the, thing, the things that happened on Lewis and Clark's expedition with Sacagawea, we took that statue down. We need to make sure that people understand what actually transpired in the past why did somebody erect these statues in the first place? Why did it take so long for them to come down? This needs to all be a part of the conversation in the history books taught in schools. And, uh, and we can't just not talk about them. Uh, we can stop honoring them by putting these people who fought for the right to own and enslave other people. They, I mean, these people killed people so that they could continue owning other people. And 
it just seems wrong to put them on a pedestal, figuratively or literally. And so, yeah, taking them down was certainly the right thing to do, in my opinion. And talking about them and teaching about them even more than ever before is also the right thing to do. So the removal of the statues is not, in my opinion, erasing history. Hopefully it sparks an even deeper discussion and debate about the whole topic. So that's my thoughts on that. Thing number two. What's inspiring me right now? What's got me excited to uh, to to uh, to learn more? To get, to, I want to get home. I want to go watch this right now. Uh, McCartney three two one. It's on Hulu. If you have Hulu, you can watch it. And it's McCart Paul McCartney and Rick Rubin uh, have six episodes of a show where they sit down and just talk about the music that Paul McCartney was a part of creating. And they do some cool stuff with it. In addition to just talking about it, they've got a piano there. Paul McCartney sits down at the piano. He talks about different ways he came up with different uh, chords and sounds for different songs, how he came up with some of the lyrics. They sit down at a mixing at a mixing board and they uh, they sit there and with the sliders and they're able to bring up and bring down the individual tracks for the song. So the vocals or the guitar, the bass sounds on some of these songs, which will seriously surprise you. And just hearing Paul McCartney talk about it. and Rick Rubin, I love Rick Rubin as a producer and I listen to his podcast, Broken Record with Rick Rubin, I think is what it's called. Uh, and uh, it's just fun to hear him because he's he asked very thoughtful questions. But in this so far, he seems like he's playing the role of anybody who is a, the, uh, a Paul McCartney or Beatles fanboy. He's just in awe of Paul McCartney and the music that they came up with. Uh, even the parts where Paul McCartney's like, oh, I don't like the way I sang there. Rick Rubin's like, no, no, that's great. That's why I like it. And it's just it's just a lot of fun hearing, hearing the stories about the early days of the Beatles uh, and Paul McCartney's role and all of that. And, uh, and this is a pretty fun way to do it. So if you haven't checked it out yet, McCartney 321 on Hulu, Rick Rubin and Paul McCartney talking about Paul McCartney's music. Thing number three. Okay, the back to the statues for thing number three. Uh, the next best thing to removing the statues that honor Confederate soldiers would have been to allow them to simply be painted on, right? Every time in the past few years, these uh, controversial statues would get vandalized, right? Somebody would throw a bucket of paint on, 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 on the statue, on the pedestal. Somebody would spray paint some horrible slogan on it. Uh, they would always clean it off as fast as possible. I think if these statues are going to be left up, that they should kind of be like a free speech wall where you are free to go paint them however you want. You know, we have a couple things like that here in Charlottesville. There's a there's a bridge on Rugby Road near UVA where the uh, it's uh, the, the the railings on the side of the bridge are old concrete solid sort of sides to this bridge. It's a it's a bridge over train tracks and on the bridge, I think it's called the the Kappa Bridge, the Beta Bridge. I don't know. Uh, you know, you you you. If you live in Charlottesville, you know the bridge I'm talking about. And they people just paint on this bridge all the time and paint over and paint over. And one week the bridge is green with a bunch of slogans, and the next one is blue with a bunch of stuff on it. And people can paint it. It's like a it's a totally like uh, uh, permitted. It's not even vandalism because it's permitted. It's just permitted uh, art artistic expression. 
school pride expression. You can just write anything you want on it and have a good time. Why not do that on the Confederate? I mean, put some ladders up there, put some, uh, make it safe for people to climb up there and paint General Lee as he sits on his horse, whatever color you think he should be. And write on him whatever you think you should be writing on him. Uh, assuming that it's uh, it's kind of like a kind of like a free speech wall. We have a free speech wall on the downtown mall here in Charlottesville with chalk. It's just you can write anything you want on the free speech wall because it's free speech. Why not make these statues uh, free speech? That would have been, in my opinion, the next best thing to removing the statues. But we did remove them, or I say we. I had nothing to do with it. I am an innocent bystander. I just am happy the statues are down. And if they weren't coming down, they should have just let people paint on them. Anyway, that was, I told you, thing number three is supposed to be something stupid. There you go. That's about as dumb as it gets. Uh, so we're going to get to a quick commercial break. Come right back with my conversation with motorcycle accident survivor, Brandon Hughes. Wake up, wake up, wake up. There's no time for play. Get up, get up, get up, it's a brand new day. Hey, Adam. What's up, Brandon? Oh, hanging in there. Man, you Got look... my mountain man going on. No kidding, you have so much hair. Yes, it's the longest I think it's ever been. Yeah, I've grown my beard out several times, but I have <laughs> never grown it out quite that far. Yeah, this is, uh, I need to reach out to my barber for a house visit. This is getting out of control. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, gonna be gonna be tough for you to get to him anytime soon, huh? Absolutely, but we, uh, we finally got me in the wheelchair and out of the house the other night, so that was... I saw nice. I saw the picture of you in the wheelchair out on the road going yep. for a yep. walk. Yep, yep, nice little stroll. Yeah. <laughs> Took my husband for a walk. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah, so uh I'm recording all this uh and we're okay. doing we're doing a podcast. It's already started, so Awesome, man. So uh I'll I'll go back and I'll do an introduction so by now people know basically who you are. Uh, and, uh, I don't know if I will have told them, uh, about your most recent extreme life experience, but, uh, you were in a motorcycle accident. Yes. And I, I think as, uh, you and I both have been in motorcycle accidents, I think we should talk a little bit about motorcycle accidents. That, that works. So, uh, you want to, you describe yours first and I'll describe mine. And uh, mine was just... Wait, wait. First off, what kind of bike were you riding? Your bi- you bought a bike within the last, what, year, year and a half, something last like that? Year. Last year. Um, in uh, last October, I purchased a uh, 2020 FXBB, which is the Harley-Davidson Street Bob. Okay. Um, soft tail. Absolutely love it. And uh, I was riding with a neighbor of mine. We were heading up to a normal spot we go up to for Thursday nights for bike night. And we were going through this park, heading towards downtown Orlando. And I'm coming through an S-curve, maybe 15, 20 miles an hour. And a uh, jogger came to an intersection, came out into the road. I, uh, I applied my brakes, and it's, it's like I hit a gravel patch or something because my bike just went straight down. Like, it, I mean, I just, 
I remember hitting the brakes and I remember being on the concrete. Like so fast there was like, yeah. it, it, it wasn't like, oh no, I've reacted wrong and I've got to fix it. And now I'm going down and this sucks. It was like, oh shit, boom, I'm down. Like it was like yep. that, right? I, I was instantly down. As soon as I hit the brakes, uh, I just felt the bike go sideways from under me and I went straight down on my right side. Um, didn't hit my head, but like I can, I remember hearing the sounds in my helmet. Yeah. You know, uh, luckily I, like I didn't have any scratches on my helmet for all the noise that I heard. Uh, maybe it was just like the bike scraping the concrete. I would imagine but, that uh, would have been noisy. That bike hitting. I mean, that's a, big, yes. that's a big, heavy bike. 700 pound. Yeah. It's 700 pound bike. Yeah. And, uh, I just remember my, my right leg being under it. And I remember the pegs like getting caught and everything. And, uh, then eventually when it kind of got to a stop, cause I was close to a shoulder, the bike had actually like rolled over top of me. Um, mm. and I knew instantly something was wrong. I mean, I, when I was in the military, I dislocated my left knee a couple times and right away I was like, okay, I'm at least dislocated. If not, something's broken as well. Yeah. Uh, like I, I knew that instantly. I was in a ton of pain. Um, so you didn't. So you didn't have. Uh, if you maybe you didn't uh, put your right foot down to try to catch yourself. Like that didn't even happen because you went down so quick. No, no, I went down quick. So the whole um, your right lower leg was under the bike. Yes. Got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and luckily, the only road rash I had was on my uh, my forearm and my elbow. Like I, I don't know how my. I guess you know I was wearing jeans and stuff. So yeah kind of helped out a little bit and I you know I wasn't going that fast so I didn't slide for too long but yeah it's like 15 20 miles an hour yeah. like yeah and so you went down the bike went down did the bike like flip over and stuff like is the bike it did it, yeah well it split on top of me and then when we kind of hit the shoulder in the dirt area I guess like the handlebars caught or something and it had it flipped over me so it went from being on top of my leg to like it it flipped over Wow. Yeah. And uh, so, and, and on your helmet, you said there were no marks, so no, no clear marks. indication you've hit your head anywhere on anything. Yeah, yeah. No, no marks on my helmet, thank goodness. And you were riding with one other dude on a bike? Yep. Yep. He, as a matter of fact, he was riding a street bob as well. Yeah. Yeah, he was, uh, he was in front of me. I was following him. Um, kind of wishing I would have just maneuvered through the intersection. Like instead of hitting the brakes, but yeah. So if you had it to do over again, uh, what would you try? Would you? How would you have reacted in in like in retrospect? Obviously, we're Monday morning quarterbacking here, but what would, right. what would you have done differently to prevent this? Well, I mean, just like when you're going through the motorcycle course, uh, it's that escape route, right? Yeah. Um, looking for that path of like, oh shit, something's happening. Like I need to do something to evade, or I need to find a safe place to stop. Um, so instead of applying the brakes straight out, you know, keeping an eye on my path, looking for a path of evasion to get to a better stop of stopping instead of being in a curve and trying to stop, you know, yeah. maybe straight out a little more. So, yeah. Were there, was it like uh, busy? Were there lots of cars around? Um, there was a car coming opposite direction. Um, and there was definitely people behind us as well. And coming around a curve, it's like I don't have that straight path, so I would have had to still curve to miss the car that was coming. Hey, Solo. <laughs> uh -huh. Solo wants to be 
Fuck yes. Yeah, no kidding. It, all of a sudden, there was this huge dog's nose in the in the frame there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but definitely, definitely would have went through the intersection. So yeah, instead of uh, and just lay off the brakes and try to go kind of yeah. straight, weave through whatever. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, because especially at that speed, because then you probably have time to stop the right way. Good, correct. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so my accident uh, was a little different. <clears throat> it was a lonely, curvy, no lines on the road, paved road, but still a country road, hills and curves and all of that. And it was 1130 on a Friday night in april it was actually friday the 13th oh wow and uh i was riding back home after hanging out downtown uh and my girlfriend was also downtown but she obviously drove her car she she does not ride on the back of my motorcycle never has never will uh, oh wow and uh this this accident didn't help that cause at all i'll never get her on a bike now uh, yeah. but, uh, I ride a totally different style of bike. Mine is a dual sport bike, kind of an adventure touring. It's a Kawasaki KLR 650. It's about 450 pounds by itself. Uh, and you know, I'm a, I'm a good 270, 280. Uh, and, uh, I'm riding home on all these country roads and I'm seeing deer everywhere, which is normal for where I live, right? Like this is probably not a smart time to be riding home on a motorcycle because of that. Right. Uh, so I am taking it slower than I normally would. Normally, at this part of the road where the deer ran in front of my bike, I would have been going 60, 70 because I was it's like coming up off of a like a big downhill, uphill, swooping, curvy thing. It's a lot of fun to take this thing at speed. Uh, but I just knew this was not going to be good. Going down at 60 or 70 miles an hour was not going to work out well. No. Uh, so I was going more like 45, which to me was really freaking slow. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and uh, I, I come up, uh, I, I crest the hill, the road levels out. There's like a house on the left, a house on the right. And uh, I am just cruising through. And out of my right peripheral vision, a deer comes flying in hits the like the front fork on the passenger side passenger side the right side of the bike and the bike goes down i go down like so fast there was zero to be done about it like the deer was coming in full steam to to run yeah. across the road and just didn't make it right yeah uh so i guess if i had been going 60 or 70 i would have been way ahead of this deer he would have passed behind me no problem uh but instead yeah. i was going at the exact speed needed for him and i to meet in uh a pretty fateful way for him uh he ended up in the ditch uh it was uh, it was a little bit too much it wasn't a huge deer it was like a medium sized deer teenager yeah. deer uh, yeah uh, post pubescent, not quite mature enough yet. Cause a lot of deer, so many deer, especially even that night, were just sitting on the side of the road, eating grass. They would look up, see a car and go, I, or see a motorcycle and go, I'm going to stay away from that. I'm just going to stand right here. Not going to move. And my, that's what most deers do. And then you get these stupid teenage deers that want to bolt across the road and into my bike. And so uh, what I do not remember hearing any noises. I don't remember flipping over. Uh, I know what happened because of just looking at the scene afterwards. 
mm-hmm. the bike basically it knocked the bottom out of the bike the bike went down leaning to the right and just slid luckily i was not under it when it was sliding uh, i went off to the right i most likely put my right foot down to try to plant and that's when my ankle broke uh, that's when you're yeah. yeah. Uh it probably rolled cuz I wasn't I was wearing good boots for motorcycle but it didn't have good ankle support. So uh okay. in that way not good at all. So uh went down uh and then I probably rolled many times actually. <laughs> uh because uh yeah. I had road rash on both elbows, both road rash mm-hmm. uh on my uh, knees and uh my helmet had scrapes all over it. Oh, wow. And I'm wearing a full-faced helmet. Uh, the the visor on the full-faced helmet cracked, uh, and there's literally scratches on the top, the back, the left, the right, everywhere. So I was that helmet was all over the place. I did have gloves on with knuckle protection, and I still have those gloves. I still wear those gloves because they have scratches on. I can see them on my handlebars. It constantly reminds me of stuff. Uh, and so my hands came out all right, no problem. Uh, but I must have hit hard with my upper body somehow because I ended up with five broken ribs. So a broken ankle and five broken ribs. Yeah, I'm I'm really fortunate that I didn't break any ribs. I, like that's mm-hmm. that's the worst. That's the worst. So you though, uh, you might have it. I mean, your one injury sounds uh, with all the stuff you've been dealing with since the accident significantly worse than my ankle and my ribs combined. I mean, it's it's kind of one of those things. Like, if there's a chance of something happening, it's happened to me. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, we started out. The swelling was too bad for them to do the uh, the internal fixation. I mean, my tibia. The whole top of my tibia was basically shattered into seven pieces. I saw the pictures, the x-rays. You put them on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That looks demolished. Well, I mean, when I saw the initial x-ray in the ER, and I'm like, oh, I was like, oh, okay. So I broke it in one spot, like, top right there. And then all of a sudden, you get the 3D images of the CT, and you're like, holy crap. I'm in seven, eight pieces here. Yeah. Like, no. And, you know, and then I, I was in the ER... Uh, for over 12 hours before I was able to go into surgery. And that's when they did the uh, the external fixation. Um, so I had two pins going into my tibia and the base, and then I had two pins going into my femur uh, with two large rods on the outside basically holding my leg together. Um, yeah. You know, they, they had taken my kneecap, put it back in place because it was completely dislocated. Um and then from that, I mean, I had a rough go at that. I had a lot of fevers at first. Uh, first, like, week and a half. It's like I was, lo- I was like, low-grade fevers, like 101 and stuff like that. 100 to 101, whole first week and a half. And it's like, man, okay, like, I finally got through that portion. And then here we are. We go in for the second surgery to do, you know, we removed the rods, did the internal fixation where they put the plates and screws in to put my tibia back together. And something just told me, like, hey, like, I, something's not right. Like, I, it was supposed to be just do the surgery, stay one night in the hospital, and go home. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, something's just not feeling right. Like, I, I want to stay one more night for observation. And, I mean, it, it basically saved my life. Um, I, they went to check my vitals at, like, 3.30 in the morning, and I'm sitting there at 103. 
Mm. Uh, my oxygen had dropped to like 80 and below. My heart rate was north of 130. And so all at the same time, I had an infection. They showed signs of you know early stages of sepsis. And a clot had broken loose on my leg and traveled to my lungs. So now I have a pulmonary embolism. So, like, I got hit with both of those wow. all the time. And, I mean, if I'd have been home, there's no telling how that would have turned out. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Uh, so when I got to the hospital um, for mine, I uh, they x-rayed and everything. And I, I knew it was broken. I could tell because I tried to stand on it on the road there before I Ooh, got taken ah. to the hospital. And I was like, oop, that's not going to work. Uh, and uh, so I knew it was broken, but they wouldn't confirm that for me. The x-ray techs were like, I can't tell you. if it, I can't tell you anything. The doctor has to tell you. And, uh, but then what turned out, they couldn't operate on it. That was a Friday night. They didn't actually fix my ankle until Monday uh, because uh, my body reacted to the adrenaline and the shock of the trauma. Uh, and I ended up with an, uh, a heart arrhythmia or whatever. My heart was be uh, beating irregularly. And they're oh, like, wow. have you had that before? I'm like, no, I've never had that before. Uh, all right, well, we need that to stop before we can go and operate on you at all. Uh, and thankfully, that stopped Sunday morning, uh, and I was able to uh, stay calm and clear, and, and they fixed me up Monday night. But, yeah, night. man, I think the I think your body kind of freaks out from a motorcycle accident. Like, it's not just the obvious injuries, right? There's way more to it than that. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, just like you said, you tried to stand. I knew there was something wrong with my knee, but, like, my natural instinct was to get up. Like, you know, you just something in your head triggers you like, OK, OK, like I, I just need to stand. I need to get up. And yeah. then you're reminded very quickly, like, no, no, like, no, no. you're you know, very fast. Like, nope, stay down. <laughs> and and uh, did the jogger come over and apologize for running out in front of you or anything? Uh, no, as far as I knew, she was gone. <laughs> she didn't. Uh, she, she didn't even she stick around. She finished her run. It was like, <laughs> yeah, she was she was gone. Um, oh gosh, a funny thing. Well, I mean, funny to me because I'm sitting there, you know, adrenaline's kicking in. I'm like, my helmet, I couldn't reach the stinking strap, the chin strap. And I even have one of those modulars where it flips up. Yeah. And the whole time, just like my buddy runs up to me and I'm just like fighting. I was like, get this damn helmet off me. Like I'm hyperventilating in this thing. I basically got the chin like right over my mouth. I'm just like fighting to get this thing off. Like a pretty sure i threw it after it's still no scrapes but yeah, that was just oh felt claustrophobic in that thing yeah right uh, i also do the modular thing and i just popped it up and took it off the those things are great those helmets are amazing uh, yeah and uh you know as a uh, as a smoker when i ride uh when i leave my house you know i get on the road i'm like all right uh, I need to light a cigarette and go down the road. So I'll start off with my, in any ride, I'll start off with the modular part up. Uh, and, uh, and every time I'm thinking, man, if a deer runs out right now, I'm in trouble, right? Like this is actually the most risky thing I'm doing here. In in addition to riding a motorcycle is that I need right. to, yeah. Uh, but I do, I do still ride. Uh, my bike was okay after my accident. Like it needed one thing replaced and done. Uh, and, uh, it, it still had deer hair coming out of the tires. Like there was, it was, it was kind of odd. There's some really cool scrapes on the side of it, like battle scars, you know, uh, Damn. road rash on the bike itself. Your bike though, it's in, it's in rough shape. Cosmetic. Cosmetic. Like 
literally every part that I bought to put on the bike got damaged. <laughs> all uh, the aftermarket accessories. <laughs> all the, every single aftermarket accessory, which, uh, you know, going back and looking at it, my insurance covered all of it. But, uh, man, there was so much I did not know about motorcycle insurance. It, it was nothing like a vehicle. <gasps> the medical, like, protects other people or if you have a passenger, but, you know... I was like, wow, you guys cover all this aftermarket stuff, like three grand in aftermarket parts, but like, nothing for the actual rider. Huh. Like, it was kind of crazy. Um, I, so wonder for if, any motor- I wonder if that's because I'll, of Florida insurance motorcycle law or if that's how most motorcycle insurance policies are. I haven't checked into that. I have no idea. I didn't make a claim on my motorcycle insurance. I just, I just used my health insurance and my bike was fine. Uh, right, yeah. Luckily, my health insurance has been amazing, but like, uh, people who don't have good health insurance, need- yeah, people that don't have good health insurance, like, need to look in, especially if they riot. I mean, because I had no medical coverage for myself, like nothing. Hmm. Um, there were there were a lot of things on there. I was surprised that like weren't standard with the policy that I had. Um, but yeah, I mean, bikes, bikes at Harley. Um, still getting, still getting worked on, still getting fixed. Yeah, when I stopped in to see you, it was a few weeks ago now, but you, they had just taken mm-hmm. your bike, and so they're still working on it, huh? Yeah, still working on it. Um, took a while to you know order some stuff in and everything. Um, I mean, I but, guess I guess it's not like there's a hurry on it, right? No, there's definitely not a hurry. Um, it's. <laughs> It's going to be a while before I'm walking. So you had the one operation right away uh, within a day or so of it happening. Uh, external external fixation. I, I saw your leg when it was in that state. A big bar keeping you from bending your leg. Uh, yes. Bolted into your bones, which is, uh, that's kind of freaky. Uh, and then, yep. so, but since you've had the, the second operation where they've taken that off and gone in and tried to reassemble your knee, is that what's going on there? Yes. Uh, so I have two plates on, on my tibia, and there's, uh, from what we can count, it tw- looks like 12 screws kind of holding everything together. Yeah. Some nice, uh, nice big ones. Did they, uh, did they tell you you're going to set off airport uh, metal detectors now? I'm actually looking forward to it. Like, uh, yeah, that was kind of one of the first things I said coming out of surgery. Like, I can't wait to set off uh, metal detectors from Pre- now on. Prepare to be disappointed on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, too, have metal screws and a plate in my ankle. I have also uh, got a metal plate and 12 screws in my uh, my humor humerus, my upper arm bone from a roller skating accident. Uh, nowhere near as cool uh, at all. <laughs> Um, but, uh, and resulted in a much worse injury that is, there's a lot of metal in my arm plus the metal in my ankle. Nothing has ever set off a metal detector. And I'm, I'm, well, that's I, I know I want it to happen, uh, so I can show them my scars and all that. And then it's just never happened. It's like, check this out. You know, like it looks like a shark attack on my leg. It's like perfect timing. I'm sitting here watching shark week and seeing all the staples in my leg, you know, just kind of, kind of checking that out and <laughs> never setting off the alarms. So. That's kind of disappointing, but thank you for preparing me for that. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Uh, how uh, how soon before you can like put weight on your knee and everything? Uh, so we do the post op appointment tomorrow to kind of see how everything went. Um, I imagine they're going to do more X rays to kind of see how things are healing. And um, from what uh, from what they first said, it's eight to ten weeks 
So at eight weeks, that puts me at the end of August. That'd be like August 25th, I think, is like the, the eighth week. Mm-hmm. So kind of see, that's when they'll, that's when I should be able to start putting some kind of weight on it. Yeah. So yeah. are you using crutches to get around, or are you just not getting around yet, or what? Uh, not getting around too much. I mean, the, the swelling has gone down finally enough to where, you know, I'm getting up more. Uh, I do have a walker. Um <laughs> wheelchairs good god um they sent me home with a broken one on the first first surgery uh the arms wouldn't lock in place so like here i am trying to stand up and i'm like falling back in the chair um we get that one swapped out and they're you know had to go through all kinds of hell to get that done so i leave the second surgery with a wheelchair my broken leg that doesn't bend and they give me like the straight up and down wheelchair like that they like wheel people out with where like with the feet on the ground like yeah. what the hell am I supposed to do with this thing and <laughs> so like I finally finally this company comes to us reaches out and everything I just now got the leg rest that had the elevating leg rest for it and so that's why we we finally left the house mm. so like you know I've been sitting basically in this recliner for a month and a half um you know other than when we get up to do certain things and everything but like finally made it out the house i bought some ramps for myself because who came home from the hospital good god it took us what an hour and a half to just get inside the damn house yeah Yeah, but we uh the walker had accidentally made its way back to jacksonville yes sherry dropped my leg just Uh we're sitting here i got my neighbor he came to help us out we like we get to the threshold um it's a nice five inch lip you know Nice five-inch lift to get in, and I'm just like, okay, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to try to stand up, and, like, we're, we're just going to get the wheelchair on the other side, and, like, we'll, let's just do this. Yeah. And Sherry's holding my leg straight out because we have this jacked-up wheelchair that has no leg rest on it. And I scoot forward, you know, get myself edged out to where we can put the foot on the ground so I can stand up. Well poor sherry she had backed up and like nailed the back of her like achilles and calf on the threshold like that that concrete part and she trips and drops my leg from straight out to like touches the ground i'm sure all the neighbors met me that night uh i don't even remember what i said i know there was profanity uh and i know it was loud (laughs) my poor neighbor austin man i'm pretty sure i blew out his eardrum like he was like right next to me yeah, so that was uh, I was like, got on Amazon. I was like, screw it, two hundred bucks ramps, got him. Wheelchair like, ramps, yeah, that makes wheelchair sense. ramps. Like we we got this. Like, yeah, did not want to go through that again. So uh, I want to ask both you and Sherry this question. I, I've mentioned it a couple times. Every time I've talked to you guys about it, uh, it the question is coming around. Sherry, are you are you around? All right, great. Uh, I want to know, like, seriously, have you guys discussed this? Are you going to ride your motorcycle again? Hell no. Uh, so I know Sherry says hell no every time I bring this up. Brandon, <laughs> your thoughts? I'm within striking distance. So, <laughs> um, I'll, so in all honesty, like, I don't have fear to get back on. Like uh, the the fear's not there. What happened to me was just a, a it was a freak thing, right? Yep. 
Um, I love riding my motorcycle, especially with, I mean, the pandemic and everything, you know, staying in the same four walls all day. It's like, this is something that I could just get out, get on the road and just clear my mind. Like I, I love riding. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm, you know, rational enough to be like, okay, career wise, this set me back. Like where I'm going to be out of work for three months uh, I got family responsibilities and stuff like that. So it's definitely not something that I would do right away, but you know, do I see myself riding at some point in the future? Probably, but so, I am in no hurry to do it. So once the bike is back, once you're like a hundred percent or whatever a hundred percent means after all of this, right? Your leg works. Uh, you would, you, you see yourself on the bike again. I mean, we got to see how this thing heals. I don't sure. even know how well the leg's going to be after all this. I might not be able. That's what I mean. Yeah, you you got to yeah. once the leg is as good as it can be. If it if you if you can hold the bike up, I mean, like that's a critical right. that's a critical part of riding the bike, right? right. Uh, so, right. assuming you physically can, you plan to. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see. I mean, it's all right, Sherry. I need, I need Sherry now. What's up? All right, so. How are you going to stop this from happening? <laughs> what is your plan? You say hell no. How are you going to stop him from riding the bike again? I can't stop anybody from doing anything, but it's me or the bike. <laughs> oh, that's that's pretty serious. I mean, I mean for for the time for the time being, you've got a lot of power uh, in this. In <laughs> in all serious, no, this no, he's he's going to do what he wants to do. Brandon's always been a man that's, you know, he'll, he's like that saying ride or die, you know, he's going to do what he wants to do when he wants to do it, how he wants to do it. And it's either you join him and cheer him on. You can be pissed off while he's doing it the entire time. But if he decides that that's the route he wants to go, I mean, I'm not really one to, to change that. Yeah. You know, that, Kind of like one of the reasons I fell in love with him, but at the same time too, it's more or less like I didn't want him to have the bike in the first place, mm. you know, and it's not necessarily against motorcyclists. It's not against anything else. It's more or less of the fact that there's still crazy people out there who don't know how to drive and or run. There's crazy people out there who don't know how to run <laughs> or run. You know, you're right. You're very right. Uh, Damn joggers. Goes down to safety. You know, you have more than just yourself to worry about. You know, and I can't put anybody in a in a glass bubble and just protect them from everything. But you know, if he's gonna go out and have his fun, I might as well just at least do it with the safest precautions as possible. Have you ever ridden on the back of this bike? Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. You, was that like a you guys would do that? That was that a thing? Yeah, it was definitely oh, a thing. We so there was this one time we went to, I think we were going back to the same place that um, Brandon and Christian were going to this specific night. And he, <laughs> yes, he had a driver come. He was, I guess, I don't know if they came in. I wasn't they paying did, attention, they, honestly. Yeah, um, they cut in front of us and slammed on brakes. And... <laughs> I applied my brakes. Well, Sherry, I don't know what she was doing back there, but she was definitely not holding on. And I don't even know if her feet were planted on the pegs because they were. she just went 
straight into the back of me. Like, <laughs> helmet went straight into the back of my head. Just like, next thing you know, I'm on my gas tank because here's Sherry just like pressed up against me. <laughs> I was like, and that's how you kill us. <laughs> you know, <it> was like, <laughs> I just, I just looked back and I said, "That's how you kill us." <laughs> Does this bike have like a big, comfortable back seat, like with a uh, place, uh, <laughs> or is this not that style of bike? No, no, this thing fits a twat's ass. Okay, it's about two fingers wide, and I'm sorry, I'm a bigger girl. Like, I, I, I have. I, I, mm, so, no. so Adam, Adam, we, we actually posted about this, and uh, she kept complaining about it to her family and her friends that also ride and everything like that. And she's like, this is this. And I was like, I think it's an ass-to-seat ratio issue. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but uh, Grayson's actually going to grab the first two-up seat that I got. Um, other than, like, the, uh, the pallion, like the little seat, you know, which is tinier and all get-out. So oh, let me see. Well, here, let me see. So this is like oh the original. T- yeah, I mean it's pretty thin, but like, yeah. Then my <laughs> ass is not the size of my hand. <laughs> yeah, that's barely bigger than a bicycle seat. It, it's you. it's super comfortable for me. Uh, like I I love it. You know. <laughs> well, you're, it's because you're sitting in the front part where it's nice and big and wide and comfy. Right. <laughs> so I find uh, I. I finally swapped it out after, after much, uh, much argument. I couldn't go more than twenty minutes. Yeah, we. I mean, because we did, we did a few charity rides. Like we did a, uh, we did a uh, veteran ride. Um, what was it, Josh? Yeah. It um, was for the. Um... Oh gosh, I can't remember what it, what it stands for. Just our soldiers' helpers. Um, it's uh, kids that do uh, care packages uh, for different families and and uh, troops deployed and everything like that. It was really cool. Uh, but I mean, this was a this was like a ninety eight mile ride, and I mean, we we were oh, all yeah. feeling it. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, we we were all feeling that. And yeah, you got to so, work up to long rides, even on a comfortable bike, oh, man. Uh, that's still a, that's still a good long time. Yeah, my uh, as a matter of fact, my neighbor and his wife they they were with us, uh, same friend Christian, and he he had to stop, like he he had to pull off. Uh, he didn't, you know, he was able to eventually finish it, but like him and like fifteen others, I mean, we we were a little over, what probably about sixty percent of the way, and he was like, I I got to pull off, because this thing was like no stops, like we were just we were just going. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't let her. I was like, nope, I'm 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 getting there. Like I'm just stubborn. But uh, no, we uh, we ended up upgrading the seat, uh, much bigger, much better in the back and everything. Like she is like super comfortable for. Her, but I mean, like she said, that's she's probably not getting on the back of that ever again. Right. So uh, I'm glad you're healing up. Uh, I'm glad you're looking and feeling a lot better than the last time I saw you. And uh, yeah. it seems like you're on the mend. Uh, Sherry, uh, I can't believe, I can't even imagine all the extra work uh, you have had to do, uh, not only because he's not able to do anything, uh, but you're having to take care of him and hold his leg up. I mean, come on. Of course, uh, at some point you might drop it. So I totally forgive you for that. I think it's a, uh... I think I think it really boiled down to trying to walk to the bathroom for the first time. Yeah, that was. 
brutal. Yeah. Not just for me. But I have back injuries from a previous accident that we were both yeah, in. Yeah, we were both rear-ended we were by a dump truck. We both rear-ended by a dump truck, and I had surgery on my neck. So I still can't do a lot of the things that, you know, I have to maneuver differently. And um, so trying to make sure I'm in check and don't hurt myself further while making sure I don't hurt him at all, yeah. <laughs> which, <laughs> which has been <laughs> difficult. Um <laughs> um, it's been very challenging, but we uh, we communicate. You know, he lets me know when he needs something, uh, whether it be I need to put his leg down or higher if I need to bring yeah. it higher or low. It's all about communication, and you just have to be able to, you know, calmly tell somebody, you know, hey, we need to do it this way. I know yeah. I'm causing you. Sorry. And both uh, kids have been. And our kids have been amazing. Like amazing. You, when I tell you, everybody has pitched in, not just me. It's been Grayson, Addison, Nana, Granddaddy. Everybody has pitched in and has, has given this man around-the-clock care. You know, my bed, I haven't slept in my bed in probably a week. <laughs> Whereas Brandon's been like a month. I've been on the couch with him. <laughs> You know, oh, so, just so, because yeah, you stay down in the in the lower because uh, he's not going yeah. up the stairs anytime soon, right? <laughs> no, not at all. I'm gonna cry. We're we're already talking it through with the physical therapist. Like one step at a time, gonna be scooting, doing like kind of like a yeah. like a dip to myself up. And right. Just, uh, I'm I'm dying. I I mean I don't know because you know you said your ankle and everything. How long did you have to wait before you could take a shower? So at my house, the there's two showers and they're both upstairs. Uh, so, I mean, I was living yep. I was living downstairs for the first week at home, uh, and uh, finally I was like, I I, I I can't stay down here anymore. I needed to go upstairs. I need to I need to sleep in my bed. I need to take a shower. And uh, so to when I started going upstairs, it's like uh, sort of three different you know short staircases that go around a corner. Uh, and it's got a big railing on the left, but no railing on the right. So I don't, I couldn't use two railings to right to lift up. Uh, mm. So, uh, and it was just my ankle, so I could bend my knee and stuff like that. Like it was a, it was a totally different animal than what you're dealing with. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, and it was, and it was well put together with screws and stuff. So I, you know, it, it wasn't fragile. Uh, so I just hopped up the stairs i was like get you stay away from okay. me stay behind me in case i fall backwards but <laughs> my dad lived with me at the time kiki my girlfriend was there and i'm just like i'm gonna hop up these stairs one at a time and by the time i got to the top dripping with sweat egg like oh. just completely exhausted i got upstairs finally i got into the shower sat down and uh was able to finally get cleaned so it was about a week though of being home from the hospital without doing that and that kind of sucked. But once I realized I could go up and down, uh, I, I started doing it whenever I felt like going upstairs and downstairs. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, again, but I uh, but I could bend my knee, and that is all the difference in the world because I could get my ankle out of the way as I'm hopping up the stairs. Yeah, that's that's been like the hardest part for me. Um, it's like because the the trying to bend. I mean, when things are set in place and kept straight for so long. It, that stuff just tightens up so bad and you know that's why i'm gonna have to like it'll be like one step at a time on my butt just like kind of pushing myself up but tomorrow 
I should finally get these staples out. Mm. And so that's my goal. I've already talked to the physical therapy guy that comes to the house. I'm just like, man, I already have a bench in my shower. Like, I just want to make it there. Like, that's the, I'm, I'm dying for that. So, yeah, go ahead. I think we also need to talk about too, like the like different pain levels and what people experience with pain. Because, like me, when I experience pain, I I take it in very, it's very internal. I don't exert it out on anybody, Ooh. you know. <laughs> and and Brandon, he's a yeller. I'm Man, a yeller. <laughs> he, when I tell you he's a yeller, boy. I'm I'm thinking to myself he's gonna like kill me and I haven't even done anything and it's just because he's in pain. Yeah. You know, so somebody who's never been yelled at before in my life, all of a sudden he's screaming <laughs> at me. <laughs> I'm she, like, she says screaming at her. I yell. It's not directed towards her. There might be all <laughs> kinds of curse words, but it's never connected to her. I'm not like, fuck you, Sherry. You know, like I, you know, just like <laughs> words are coming out, but it's not like directed towards her. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's. But, uh, I mean, with this, I've never experienced pain like this before. I've broken bones. I've broken my collarbone twice. I, you know, been through all kinds of stuff in the military. Yeah, just, like, the pain that I've had, like, when they set my leg, I mean, you know they have to set it. You know you can't fight back or it's going to mm-hmm. be worse. And they're just straightening my leg. And, I mean, my kneecap's still hanging on the side. Yeah, I'm, I'm yelling. Like, the, and my leg's spasming with nerve pain on top of a broken bone like, yeah it, it, I, and i'm not gonna lie there's been years and <laughs> all the, and all the painkillers in the world the, the 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 that pain is going to break through those painkillers man no doubt about it, it. absolutely does like yes 100 uh, percent breaks through that and <laughs> that's that's why like i might get eager myself i'm like okay it's been like a it's been like a couple weeks like i I need to do this. I need to try and do this. And I'm like quickly reminded, like, dude, take it slow. It's like, slow down. It's like smaller than baby steps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. That's got to that's gotta be tough, man. I mean, you were, you were in the Marines, right? Yes. And what I remember you, uh, I always think of you uh, as a, as a small child because you lived in our house for a, a good amount of time. You were around and you yep. were, you were one of the most active kids. Like you just didn't stop. You were either going a hundred percent doing whatever it is you were doing, uh, or you were asleep. I mean, it was, it was no, there was no in between. And just the idea that you are, uh, you know, confined to a recliner for the most part, uh, it's gotta be driving you insane. Uh, and, uh, how, how did military experience like prepare you for any of this? Um, a lot of it is kind of just the understanding. I mean, you go through a lot of pain. Um, you know, I'll compare it to this. Um, when I was in the Marines, um, started out communications, and then I took what's the uh, reconnaissance indoc. And I mean, it's you know, this is one thing where we started out with like say eighty people did this, and only three of us passed. Um, you know, very rigorous, very physical, you know, and it's just the amount of pain that you go through from doing these different exercises, like, you know you have to get through this. You know, it, it kind of sets your that mentality, like, I have to do this. Like, I, I know this is going to suck. I know this is going to hurt. 
but I have to do this in order for things to get better. That's what's prepared me for the physical therapy. Trying to bend my leg right now is the most excruciating thing I've ever done. But I know that it's a necessary evil. Like I have to do this or I'm not going to walk right. Yeah. You know, I, like, if I do not do this, it's never going to get better. I can't just sit here and let my legs stay straight. You know, I got to do this. So do you have to get the stitches out before you can bend your knee? I know you're not putting weight on it for a while, but can you bend it now? I can bend it, but it's it's not going far. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it's not because of the stitches. Like I could in the hospital, they were like, "Here you go." It's like person leaning into my leg, you know, pushing it. Um, but I'm hoping that it kind of gives me a little more range. I feel the staples more now than I did before. I guess it's because like a lot of the swelling has mm-hmm. gone down, so I'm I'm feeling other things. Um, but yeah, they they should come out tomorrow, and I'm like really hoping you know, kind of get some of that discomfort. Cause it's just weird. I mean, you got these little metal things sticking in the side of you. I got what? 36. Yeah. Like 36 of them on the inside of my leg. Yeah. And then like four on my knee. It's like every time I'm moving around in here, like I can, I can kind of feel them. I'm ready for them to come out. They're driving me nuts. Uh, all right. I have seen Grayson in the background, uh, of yep. this, vi- of this got- video chat we've got going on. Is Grayson around? I want to ask him a question or two. Grayson. Grayson. Come here. Oh, pizza dude. <laughs> he's been, he's been scarfing down some pizza over here. Oh, nice. Making, making me hungry. I have, yeah. I have not eaten yet today. What's up, Grayson? Nothing much. You? Oh, uh, you know, I'm just at home recording a podcast, and you're on it now. Oh, hi. <laughs> Say hi to the entire world. They could all listen to it. There's only going to be about 20 people that actually will listen to it, but any, anybody that wants to could listen to this. Uh, right, two questions for you. One, uh, about uh, going through all the stuff with your dad and his accident. How's it been for you? Like, has this been rough for you? Has it been emotional? Has it been, like... Uh, clearly you've been a helper. You've been great. Your dad tells me that, but what's, uh, tell me what your thoughts are on this whole thing. I mean, it's definitely stressful, but, um, it's stressful and frustrating, but I just try and put that aside for later and just help out the best I can in the moment. Good. What kind of things do you do to help out? Well, I, uh, Lift his leg up, put pillows underneath it. I um. Yeah, yeah, he's I been. I made dinner. He's been taking over on the smoker since I can't do anything. So he uh, uh, he actually some burgers the other day, and then he did uh he did some nice ribs last night, man, amazing. So he's been he's been taking over for me on the barbecue, and then yeah. he also he helped uh, Sherry help me get out of the chair because it's it's kind of a. Like I, I don't have like the old school like where the arm so it'll it'll click. I, th- I mean you've seen my couches. It's yeah. got like the little thing on the side, so like there's no holding it. So when she's holding my leg, it's hard for her to close it at the same time. So he kind of helps us get that process, get everything closed. Uh, he's just he's been great. Him and Addie been taking turns staying down here at night with me and stuff. Uh, it just just both been amazing. Well, that's awesome, man. I'm I'm glad you're able to do that, Grayson. Uh, all right, now it's all about you. How uh, have you been practicing disc golf? Um, I ha- yes, I have. I have. So when I was there, I saw you have a practice basket. You can put that out there. Do you practice putting? 
practice like long throws at it and stuff. Uh, how's it been going? Um, going good. I've been mostly trying to get more distance when I'm throwing, but I'm also keeping in mind that I need practice putting as well. Yeah. Have you been watching any YouTube videos about disc golf, watching any professionals play or anything? Not really. So here's going to be my suggestion, uh, assuming you have time to watch videos, right? Uh, right. Uh, there's a company out there who uh, f makes videos about disc golf. Uh, they, are, they film at the professional level tournaments, mm -hmm. and, and then they edit them so that you can watch an entire tournament in just a couple of hours. Uh, they're, oh, wow. Yeah, they're on YouTube, and the company is called Jomez, J-O-M-E-Z, Jomez Pro. That's the name of the company. If you go to jomezpro.com, you'll see their website. But if you just go to YouTube and search for Jomez Pro, just start watching stuff. You will learn from watching the professionals, like how they step, how they move, how they throw, which discs they choose, all of that. And if you're like me, you'll get addicted because watching these pros play disc golf is amazing. Uh, and so... That'd be my suggestion, man. Uh, see, watch how the pros do it and learn what you can from watching Jomez Pro. Okay, I will. Yeah, dude. Uh, and uh, next time I'm down there, or if you ever make it up here, we'll definitely go out and play somewhere. All right, sounds good. Right on. Yeah, you guys actually played at the same park uh, whenever you came down last. That's the one that I took him out, the one that has the lake out there. It's over by the airport. Yep. The, yep. Yeah, yeah. You guys actually played the same course. Yeah, if if we, we had we more time, that. if we had more time, we would have come picked Grayson up to go play, but we just uh we weren't gonna get there to play. If we did that, we wouldn't have got there before dark. So Right, and then we had the rain that came in right after you guys came to the house. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Cool. <laughs> you looking at your hair? you I am this you've, is Longest it's ever been. You've got like, quite the quaff going on. I do, man. It's like uh, it's like that natural Uncle Jesse. Just like it's just I, going over. I'm kind of <laughs> jealous because I mean, you have the option to grow your hair long if you want to, and then you can do fun things with it and make it look neat and stuff. Mullet. I, I was gonna say I have lots of uh, childhood friends that are just like it's mullet time. Just got to go for it. Yeah, you know. And, uh, I I seriously might do something where if I get enough likes or something, see see if we can get it, see if we can make it happen. Oh man, I just thought of something. Don't yeah. don't shave or trim the beard or cut the hair at all until you're back on the bike. Oof. Oof. Um. I, I am not getting. Uh, I'm getting an evil eye from Sherry right now. That was, <laughs> Grayson's giving me the thumbs up. I might get on the bike just to shave my head. <laughs> <laughs> you don't sleep with me. <laughs> yeah. Who 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 is more annoyed by it, Sherry or you? Yeah, oh, I am I am I am definitely more annoyed by this. I, I'm fine with the beard. Um, but like this hair I mean military, right? Like yeah. this I'm used to my sides being much shorter. Like I, I cannot stand it when my hair touches my ears. Like it just it drives me nuts. Um but even this up here, like it's my hair doesn't grow straight out. It's like up. Yeah. It just naturally goes up. So like it's I don't know. It's it's definitely driving me crazy. I'm I'm ready for it to go. 
Got it. Is uh, so is everybody in the room there? Is John there? I saw him in the background earlier. Uh, we got Nana. Yeah. Nana's down here. Mary Lou. Mary Lou. Oh, come here, Nana. I uh, just 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 come say hi, Mary Lou. You know just the fans at home. Hi. You can say hi from there. I see you in the background. Hi, Mary Lou. I'm eating the ribs. This is not. <laughs> This is not a video podcast. I mean, I can see you now, but in the end, this is just an audio thing. So nobody's going to see you guys at all. They're just going to have hear us talking about Brandon's beard and all that. All right. Oh, that's kind of disappointing. They can't see these luscious locks. Uh, no, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll take a little screenshot or something and uh, put that down as a, maybe I'll save a picture and somehow put it in the podcast. We'll do it right here. I got it. All right, got it. A screenshot. Awesome. Of the beard. We'll see what we can do. Maybe I'll throw that on Facebook when I post up about it. So, okay, cool, man, perfect. Uh, all right, we're gonna finish this out now with three things. The podcast is called Three Things with Jr. Uh, and instead of me doing my own three things, when I have a guest on, uh, the guest is bombarded with uh, and surprised and has no idea. But I'm gonna ask you for three things. They're specific. So, the first thing, three, thing number one is uh, tell me stuff you've been thinking about, like deep thought, some kind of epiphany. I mean, uh, so, something something deep and meaningful that the world needs to hear. Something you've been thinking about yeah. like that. I know. Yeah, you put me on the spot here, Adam. I, That's, uh... I, know. I know. That's what this is. Um, so this is kind of something that I've lived by my entire life ever since I heard it. And... I feel like this could, you know, worldwide use. But uh, my favorite quote is, in three words, I can sum up everything I've learned about life. It goes on. And that's kind of how I'm taking this and how I take life. So it's nice. See, that's perfect. You thought that was going to be hard, but it, you, you did it. You nailed it. <laughs> so so it's, say it again. It's in three words, I can sum up what again? In three words, I can sum up everything I've learned about life. It goes on. It goes on. Yeah, life goes on. Obladi, oblada, life goes on. Yep. I like it. All right. So, thing number 2, tell me what's inspiring you right now. It could be music, a song, a band you like, a song you like, uh it could be a TV show, a book, a movie, anything at all. What uh what kind of uh what kind of stuff is inspiring you right now? Um <laughs> mainly when I can do a new motion you know, seeing that I'm able to do something new each day, I might be able to move my leg on my own a little more. Um, I'll start to be able to get motion back in certain things. That's kind of, it's, it's letting me know that there is an end to this. Uh, things are going to get better. So, I mean, that's kind of, my family's obviously keeping me motivated and going, but, you know, when I see that something I couldn't do a couple days before, now I'm able to do it, yeah. it's definitely inspiring to keep going. Cool. That's a that's probably a way better answer than I was fishing for. I thought you were going to say something <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, the Tampa Bay Lightning winning something. Didn't they win something recently? Oh, they absolutely did, and I love it because all my coworkers are in uh, New York. Uh, they were Islander fans, and they have not talked to me since <laughs> since knocked them out in the semis, and then uh, they won the whole thing. So back to back Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. When was the last time we had back to back Stanley Cup champions? Oh gosh, um, that, that doesn't happen much anymore, right? There hasn't been like no, no. one dominant team for decades or anything, right? And then you have uh, one of the one of the players, uh, so Pat Maroon, 
he's won three in a row. So he was with uh, St. Louis in 2019, and then he won it with Tampa in 20, and now Tampa again in 21. And that hasn't happened since the 60s. Wow. So and yeah. I, so that I guess that means I didn't realize it's been four Stanley Cups ago that the Washington Capitals were won. Yep. Which yep. is which is of course the team I grew up. You know, I'm not a huge hockey fan. As a casual fan <laughs> of any hockey, it's all it's Washington Capitals, and so so yeah. we've both had some success recently. Nice. Yes. All right. The last one. Surprisingly, this one is tougher for most people. Like they think they think when I tell them come up with something deep, they're thinking, "Oh my gosh, this is going to be hard." But then the, just something comes to them and they come out just like you did. So the last one is usually harder than that. Uh, but I have a feeling you're going to nail this one. Uh, tell me something stupid. Tell you something stupid. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Never go against your gut feeling. That's that's stupid. So Sherry kind of jumped in there. She said, uh, going against your gut feeling. That's a stupid thing to do, to go against your gut? When your gut tells you to do something, trust it. Don't go against it. It sounds to me like Sherry has a specific example in mind when she says this. No, just my life in general. Yeah? There's just everything that I've experienced in my own life. Yeah. If I ever have a gut feeling about something, it's usually right the pulmonary the, yeah 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 the pulmonary embolism like that like i so the, the night of the wreck i actually was i started out wearing my half shell and a short sleeve shirt and i'm riding up to get gas and as i'm getting gas the person in the parking there was a motorcyclist that had wrecked and was being life flighted in the parking lot next to where i was getting gas yeah so i rode home put on long sleeves and put my full face on and, you know, kind of, I guess, trust in those flags, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, no, that's a good call. Uh, going against your gut, uh, ignoring your gut feelings about stuff. Yeah, D- yeah I get yeah. that. That probably doesn't work out most of the time. No. There's a reason. Your body has instincts and uh, gut feelings. That when you hear that that voice in your head going, that's, that's really what I need to be doing. Uh, I just know it. Like, I can't even come up with a logical explanation for why. I just I just know I need to do that. Uh, and then if you don't do that, there's probably a price to pay. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Usually people come up with, like, you know, fart jokes and stuff when I say, tell me something stupid. But that was, uh, that was actually pretty damn good. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, so uh, we're about done here, wrapping this up. Uh, when, when I've been doing this podcast since April of last year, so a year and a half now, and, uh, it was just a four, four or five months ago that I started calling people that I haven't spoken to in a long time for whatever reason, uh, because mm-hmm. either the pandemic, uh, geography, just, you know, people I, uh, know and love and haven't interacted with in a long time. And, uh, and I, I started looking on my Facebook friends list to be like, who's online right now? I'm just going to try to call them and see if they answer. I got my recorder ready to go. Uh, and if they answer, I'm just going to interview them on a podcast, whether, the, you know, and we'll see what happens. And you were literally the first person I was like, that's who I'm calling. 
and I called you and you didn't answer yep. because right. who's expecting me to just call you out of the blue on Facebook Messenger? It's got to be a butt dial, right? Like this is this is a mistake. Uh, like, did you mean to call me last night? Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> Uh, and it took three or four people calling different people before someone actually like answered. And even they were like, uh, hello, like, are you, is this, uh, and so, but I've been doing it almost every week ever since, and it has been great. So, uh, I'm glad we finally got a chance to do this and, uh, and I'm sorry it, uh, took a motorcycle accident for me to be like, all right, we need to get this done now. Uh, and, uh, I'm glad you're feeling better. Cause I tried last week and Sherry was like, no, he's on, he's on drugs right now. He can't do this. So, yeah, was, that was a rough time when you tried to get it. Was like, I was battling some bad, I think that was my first day of physical therapy after the surgery. Uh, my knee was extremely aggravated. I, you know, that was probably my second round of pain medication. It wouldn't have been good. <laughs> well, or, I don't know. You or, all kinds of. Or, or it would have been comedy gold. One of the two. It would have been horrible and unlistenable, or you would have said things that uh, would have been amazing for a podcast. Who knows? Yep. Uh, well, dude, uh, you and your entire family there, thank you so much for doing this, for talking to me uh, and, uh, and taking the time and telling the story and all of that. Uh, I have a feeling for anybody that rides motorcycles that listens to this, they'll probably... Uh, learn a thing or two, consider things, uh, wearing that helmet, for example, uh, and uh, keeping that, uh, you know, uh, escape route in mind and things like that. So it's just, uh, if nothing else, it's, uh, you know, going through a motorcycle accident. If you can prevent it, do that. Do that. Absolutely. It's definitely been a pleasure, Adam. Thank you. Absolutely, Brandon. Have a great one. Sherry, Mary Lou, John, Grayson, Addie, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for, uh, thanks for talking. We love hanging out with you. Yeah, let's do it in person again sometime. Check you later, guys. Absolutely. Have a good one. Bye. See you. Bye. So that was my conversation with Brandon Hughes, my cousin from Florida, recently in a motorcycle accident, recuperating from that with his uh, loving family. And I've been wanting to talk to Brandon for a while. He's such an interesting guy. Uh, he's had such a, such a you know, he's military. Uh, he works at UPS. He does numbers and databasing. And, like, he's, uh, he's important over there at UPS. So important that while he's dealing with all of this, they have been wonderful at uh, letting him rest and recuperate uh, so he can get back to work. And uh, I, I visited Brandon at his house uh, just a month or so, a couple weeks ago and uh, saw the pain that he is in with that knee and saw his family. And uh, it was uh, it was heartwarming. And I thought, uh, yeah, we definitely need to make this happen on the podcast. So if you've listened all the way this far, you are amazing. Thanks for listening to Three Things with JR. We'll be back next week with who knows what we'll do. So over and out. See you later. Bye. I love you. Brand-